Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogan, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Good evening, folks. And Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. So on tonight's show, we have a lot of news to cover. But, <laughs> like last week. Yeah. Um, but I was going to talk about a few things, and if you guys want to talk about a few things, you're welcome to. Uh, I did want to mention I did see the movie Prey, which was on Hulu, and it's a prequel to Predator. Yeah, I'm, exci- I'm excited to hear about that. What did you say, Jack? And did you like it, Joe? Uh, I had problems with it. I, I think that all this this rave reviewing, I, I I don't believe it. I just think that they're afraid to go against the herd mentality. It's it's good. I think the predator is really cool. I like the whole story of the Native Americans being involved with the, mm-hmm. the predator hunting them and them hunting the predator. But my biggest complaint that I told you guys that irritates me, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, is all the Native Americans speak perfect English. And not only perfect English, but they speak American slang, like from today. Like, I, I, it, it's crazy. It's, it's so annoying. I, I'm pretty sure there's a scene in there where like she wants to go with the tribe and and she says well why can't i go with you and one of the guys says cause and i'm like are you kidding me i they i would have loved if they just had subtitles they were i think cherokee um and uh-huh. it just like i feel like they they lowered the quality of the movie by them having them speak english and having them speak hip english and I, i'm surprised i haven't seen too many people say that in their reviews but it annoyed the hell out of me it, it just was so jarring that it it took me out of the movie i, I was really pissed off uh, i had a hard time enjoying it my other problem was uh, the lead character is a is a native american girl and she's a mary sue like she is i would say maybe 100 pounds give or take and she just kicks everybody's ass. Like, of course, she's a woman and like all the men in the tribe are like, you shouldn't be with us. You should be home cooking and birthing babies and, you know, cleaning the bed, making the bed and all that stuff, which I'm surprised they didn't say that. You need to change the sheets on the bed before we go into a, a battle. OK, but, um, you know, and then she would stand up for herself, like, but. I want to be a warrior or I want to be a hunter. And then she would just, you know, the guy would go like, now I'll show you what a hunter is. And he would go to like punch her and she kicks his ass. And it's just so annoying because it happens so many times in this movie where at one point she's surrounded by, I guess like you could call them like French pirates and they're surrounding her. There's got to be at least 10 of them in a circle and they have guns, knives, swords, and she's got an axe with a with a rope on it. And she kicks all her asses. And it's like, how? How? How was she trained? Because she was training in private. It, that just annoys the hell out of me. I wouldn't have mind if she lost an arm or a leg, you know, make it a little bit realistic. And would have been really nice is if she died at the end. But of course, this and that's why I, I thought back of the last Jedi. If Rose would have died. We would have all mourned her and we probably would have thought much fondly of the character than we do now, but they just feel like we need to push the fact that women 
are not only equal to men, but they're in most cases better than men. And I think that that's what they were pushing in this movie. Uh, and they don't have to do that. I just felt it would have been such a better movie if they just didn't go with their silly politics. But I will say the Predator is pretty cool. He, you know, they, they got the camouflage stuff really going well now. And it's, it's very violent. It's very gory. Well, I mean, I always, I always thought the special effects for, I guess, his cloaking yeah. was always kind of cool. That looks cooler. <laughs> okay. Say that. Uh, yeah, I would say check it out. Um, it's it just, if stuff like that's going to bother you, like it bothers me, like with the whole American accent Indians, that just threw me out of the movie. But so you just want it to be more historically accurate? Hmm? Yeah, I'm, I'm always like that. I, I always feel like it should be that way. Where, especially, I just think it would have been so much better. And yeah, like they, I, if, if they are showing Cherokee, then, you know, I just did a brief search. So that was very brief. Um, but it said that women did fight, but it was very minimal. So I would agree with you then um, making it more dramatic of the fact that she trains by herself and learns by herself and yet can fight all of them. Yeah, it's a little it's a little exaggerated, I would say. Yeah, especially when they all have weapons and she basically has a homemade weapon. Um, but it was I, I, there was some funny parts, like when the predator attacked uh, the French camp and they all fired at it. And then they had to stand there and reload their muskets, which like takes like a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's just like staring at them. It's like, I'm, I'm going to kill you now. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the effects were good. I, I just felt like it, it could have been better if I wrote it and directed it and starred in it. Well, I don't know about starring in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> no, if I was in there, I had to be one of the French guys. I definitely couldn't be an American Indian. But. I mean, I, I don't remember which film it is, but I do. I think maybe it's Predator versus Alien, but I did like the the concept of the woman winning. But in that one, it felt more real because like there was nobody left. Like she was like the last of the last of the last on that part. And that made it more real for me. Uh, and she she won by thinking, not fighting. Correct. If it's yeah. the one that I think would, they're in the puzzle thing, and yeah, in in this in the snow, this is Alien versus Predator, the first one. Yeah, and I mean, I also like. I don't know if they do that in this film, but I like that he marked her. You yeah, know, that makes more sense as as far as like that kind of primitive but yet advanced way of like honoring the the warrior like i could definitely see that is that done at all in this film i doubt that's a real spoiler no and i kind of went through spoilers anyway okay um it does have some uh callbacks to some predator movies like predator 2 when they go into the ship i think danny glover sees like uh 
Oh yeah, the the, the altar of skulls. Oh, the that skulls. Was I love that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think Predator Two is very underrated. It is. I, I agree. I like it too. I like that one a lot. I, in fact, I'll say I like it a little bit more than the first one because I like the fact that you know he's running around the city, and it's more of a relatable environment to me than like the rainforest or something. I don't know. The jungle was creepy. I love that part where it's like, turn around, turn around, turn around. It's like, oh man. I don't know, but like I said, I I really like the second one when he's taking out all the drug dealers. And then the montage of Arnold Schwarzenegger doing all the booby traps. I love that part. Oh my God. That was just like, I was livid. I'm not saying the first one doesn't have its merits, but I don't know. I just enjoyed the second one more. You're an ugly. Mm. And, <laughs> and yeah. recently over at Rusted Junk, we did a podcast all about the first Predator. So if you guys check that out, look for Rusted Junk. And uh, I think it was me, Charlie, Amanda, and Dom, I think. I, I mean, I have a hard time remembering what I said last week. But anyway, yeah, I'd say still check it out. So if you have Hulu, it's on there. And maybe you like it. I also noticed they did put a lot of R-rated movies on Disney Plus, and I, I finally checked out Deadpool after not seeing it for a while. And you know what? That's a damn good movie. I actually do enjoy that. Oh, Frederick, yeah. So, Frederick, you have seen Deadpool? Yeah, I saw both of them, and I think I rated them very highly even when we went through the whole rating of all of the Avenger films because – it's very unique. It's funny. It's vulgar. It's it's pushing the limit for me sometimes, but I I can't deny that it's unique and, and amazing. So, yeah, it, it's fun. You know, it's a, a fun comic book movie. Like you said, it is very vulgar. There's a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of swearing. I'm still shocked that that's on Disney Plus because uh, they might not necessarily show nudity, but there's a lot of sex implied of what they're doing. And uh, that's kind of might be an uncomfortable conversation with your children. If they happen to come across that someday. Well, that's why this had password on it. True. True. Did you like Deadpool Jack? I, I thought it was okay. Um, I do have to say, I, I really liked the fight at the end. But really, most of the movie I really couldn't get into. But I like the whole bit of their fighting. And I get what was it, a ship or a platform they were on? That was a, like when, an old hel- helicarrier. Yeah, like when it started tipping and like their fighting is everything starting to slide off, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think Colossus was very funny in get that one. Yeah, huh? definitely. He says, get, get the pool. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I, I thought it, that was good. You know, that Colossus, I would have been completely happy with in the MCU. He's CGI, but he can get away with it. Yeah, me too. I think he definitely filled that character very well. And but just uh, having him so deadpan yeah. all the time was very funny. Well, by contrast, he's funny because he's contrasting Deadpool, who's just running at the mouth. 
And uh, Gina Carino, she was the baddie in that one. And she was in there too. Like I love that scene where she has a um, wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're you're kind of out there. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, and then she plants one and knocks them, you know, <laughs> 20 feet away. But I, I seriously think that movie should be higher in my, well, I guess it's not considered an MCU movie, though. You know, I wouldn't say it's an MCU movie. No, it's not. But if it was, if for some reason when they make Deadpool 3 and then they retroactively say, well, those Deadpool movies were part of the MCU, I will rank it higher. But it, it, it is a very good movie. And Ryan Reynolds does a great performance in it. They all do. I, I, I got no complaints in that movie whatsoever. Yeah, and, my, and they can't go by me because I'm just not a Deadpool fan. I mean, some people love the character. He's just not somebody I like enjoy. The other thing I watched uh, this morning, actually, and I told you guys about it, is I Am Groot is on Disney Plus now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's weird. It's five shorts. They are not lumped together. So you actually have to find them, which is kind of weird. I, I, I think it's kind of like Disney doing a stupid thing because when they have a trending section, they want to show that something is very popular. And so instead of having a series they're making it as individual episodes it's stupid and annoying to try to find all the episodes but there, there are five of them they're about six minutes each and the other crazy thing is that the credits are three minutes each i mean and i'm not kidding <laughs> the credits are three minutes on a six minute show yeah it's insane uh, that's why i think it would have been nicer if they just would have made like maybe a short little movie or these should have been playing like before a marvel movie uh, they're kind of like Bugs Bunny cartoons, like they're really funny. And, and Groot is, is they're all good. I, I got to say, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, it's just like, you know, the Groot from Guardians, like that CGI. Except That's it's comforting. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. And it's, uh, you know, like how Groot was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in the beginning where he was dancing around and he was pissed off and had uh, at Drax after he broke uh, the boom box. Yeah. That's what he's like in this. He's just a pissed off little toddler and he's really? just okay. screaming and picking a fight with everybody he runs into. <laughs> you know? he, he really is like so obnoxious and he's so clueless too. But it, it's really, really fun. I, you know, it's not going to win any awards or anything, but it definitely had me laughing. And I was like, they did, did a good job. You know, just I feel like they cheaped out on making five episodes and giving us almost, I guess, 20 minutes of credits, you know. <laughs> uh, but I would check it out. If, if you guys have Disney Plus, I, I think you would enjoy it and find a lot of things very funny in it. I you, definitely will. Oh, Sounds good. like my type of thing. Have you guys seen anything you want to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, for my thing, I, I went on to Disney Plus thinking I might check out Group, but I saw the Orville was on there. And I liked that show when it was on Fox on regular TV. Um, because at first it was like a Star Trek spoof almost. But then they started to take it 
itself a little bit more seriously. And it turned, it's, it's a type of Star Trek. Um, except where, where Joe, uh, now that Joe has talked about Prey, um, Joe would probably hate it because it's Star Trek, but they're using modern slang. You know, their expressions are very 20, 21st century, you know, as opposed to the 23rd century, how, you know, most of it is a very proper, you know, but um, like I said, it's funny. And the thing is, it does have some very interesting themes to it uh, in the episodes. So I liked it. The new season is on it, but to catch up, I went back a few episodes from season two and um, it's still as good as I remember it. So if, if you're in the mood for something Star Trekky but kind of quirky and fun um, and you don't have Paramount Plus where you can watch Strange New Worlds, check out The Orville again on Disney Plus. Yeah. And uh, was it... What's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that did Family Guy. And is he the captain? He, the is, he is the captain. But like I said, he, it, he doesn't play it for a lot of jokes. He plays it as this is a captain who's relatively young. And, you know, he he's more human than any Star Trek captain. You know, he makes mistakes. He puts his foot in his mouth. You know, but not in a slapstick sort of way. It's just he's out there doing the best he can and learning his place in space, I guess. So, like I said, it's fun to check out. Yeah, I mean, you're tempting me. If you don't have if you don't have Paramount Plus to see Strange New Worlds. All right. So I haven't seen that either. But I'm thinking. Like I said, that 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 is my new standard. I think for how the TV show could be done because it was just that darn good. How about you, Fedra? Have you been watching anything lately? So I, it happened over the weekend. I will have to watch it again because I would like to give you like very specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched finally uh, Batman versus Superman Dawn of oh Justice. Oh my God. No way. My nephew just messaged me the other day and he says, when are you going to get Fedra to watch Batman v Superman? (laughs) So he's going to be happy to hear this. All right. So let's hear it. What did you think? What did you think of Ben Affleck's Batman? So I still have not changed my mind. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, I actually like what Julian thought because he rewatched it with me. I, I didn't expect this. So when I looked at him, I was like, huh. But he said that it looks like Ben Affleck is kind of portraying Mr. Gray in Fifty Shades of Gray as Batman. And I thought I was like, huh. And, and the reason why I could see that is because in this film, he really isolates himself. He's very mysterious. Well, that's Bruce Wayne. Well, he really like he really like shows like they don't even show his lady. She's kind of like in the background. Some I like that, though, lady that he got. Um, no, I did, too. I'm just trying to emphasize the point. Um, and it's just very dark. He's just like he's not very. Um, 
charming i think in this in this he's showing a lot more darker side which i is relevant to to bruce wayne and to batman uh i did like henry cavill so i'm definitely going to now watch man of steel oh, i think good. he did a great job i liked him and then i didn't like him because you know that's superman and <laughs> i'm more of a batman fan so uh jesse eisenberg who played lex luther i thought that was a great hunch there of kind of projecting lex much younger even though in my mind i see lex luther more as the comics as more late 20s mid 30s bald super wealthy super smart super like evil um so i liked this kind of younger adaptation of him he was um, kind of like a mark zuckerberg yeah i mean he basically i mean he did play him too so i was just like oh yeah he's playing zuckerberg again you know so i was like all right cool um it was really a very strong cast so i'm, I'm still su- surprised that i wasn't like amazed by the the film sadly so that's also why i want to give it another shot and see everything i mean morpheus is in here kevin costner's in here um what's her name what's her name i'm trying to look for her she she played lois lane there you go amy adams she did a great adaption of lois lane i actually liked it i gotta strike you down on that one she is the worst lois for me really i can't stand her well are you going based on her looks or by her acting of the both she's very mousy you know she's not lois should be a strong reporter you know she should do she can't play that she cannot play that and she doesn't play that in that movie or any other movie that she's in okay um okay i mean for me i thought she definitely played that loving doting reporter but still trying to you know go into places that maybe wouldn't be best if you're superman's girlfriend um that's how i saw it uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in this film, and I'm sorry, but every time I see him, I only see him as the Walking Dead villain. So that messes me up oh, every really? time because I want to see him as something else, and I Did- can't. I literally can't. I'm always <laughs> thinking he's just going to flip in the middle of the movie with that baseball bat, and I'm going to be like, no. Did like, you um? Do you see him in The Watchmen? Uh, I have, but that's also been uh, a long a time. He's a comedian I, in that. He, he was good in that. Uh, Holly Hunter, she was great. Haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Jeremy Irons was amazing. I actually liked him being this more like bitter, older, like in your face kind of Alfred. I, I did like that. Although, again, I don't see alfred like that as the true character but i liked the adaption i thought that was uh an interesting thing uh it was finally disturbing to see ezra miller and see him as the flash and see how they put him in it um so that was kind of you know disturbing but it's so funny that you're this is your first time of seeing henry cavill kevin cast costner you know yeah uh you know you should probably should have watched man of steel first yeah, so I, I'm I'm going to definitely see it again because obviously I can't pinpoint it right now, but there were a lot of narratives in there that really hit about what's going on now, like 
in society. So I definitely want to pinpoint those out again, uh, just because I did do that in Iron Man and I did that into the first Captain America films. So I want to be fair and do that uh, for this as well. Um, Overall, I mean, I do want to watch it again. So there is some merit there where it's like, yeah, I could definitely watch it again. What did you think of Uh, Wonder Woman? I loved seeing her in it. I liked how they put her in there. Uh, I love the fact that like Batman was like chasing her, like, hey, who are you? You know, <laughs> I thought that was great. And she's just like, honey, you're out of my league. Like, yeah, come on. You have a better <laughs> Batman voice than Ben Affleck's. Yeah. So I mean, I think overall they had a great cast. I just I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what can I say. I mean, just I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That montage. That was a great montage. I will give you that. That was great seeing Ben Affleck doing the ropes and moving all that. Julian did not find that fun at all. He was just like, "This is so unnecessary." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "This is great. I want to see how he's training. Like how he's like physically like just suffering." You know, it's like okay, like so I can definitely see that. But again, like. This is why I've been saying it and I'll say it again. Like, you know, Julian just keeps saying that Christian Bale overall is the best Batman of all time. And I can't say that. I really can't. Because if I were to say that, that means that actor is portraying Bruce Wayne and Batman to pivotal perfection. And neither has done that. I'm sorry. Christian Bale does a good side. But I honestly love the older films where I loved what Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer was doing. But are they the best Batman of all time? No, I wouldn't say that either. You know, so, you know, I love what each adaption is doing. I think George Clooney and Ben Affleck are the worst I've ever seen. And I hope I never see them again. But I've seen now that apparently Ben Affleck is coming back in Aquaman 2. So I'm going to have to endure him. Thank God for Jason. Um, But, you know. It's just, (laughs) but you know, it's just like this whole like idea, like who is the better Batman? Like, I mean, that would be a great roundtable. I'd love to to hear about what everyone you know. Well, we have done that, and you know, (laughs) yeah, you are in our camp because there is no perfect Batman. You are one hundred percent right. It's it's hard to get both sides right, Bruce Wayne and Batman, and. Pattinson did not get Bruce Wayne right at all. No, no. So he was a yeah, good Batman detective, but that was about it. Like they say by default, probably the best one is Kevin Conroy and the animated series. Um, but well, yeah, honestly, when I, when I read Batman, it's his voice I hear. Oh yeah. That's just the animated series was so good. And I enjoyed that so much that, that's the Batman I hear whenever I'm reading Batman. I, I, I hear Clint Eastwood's voice. I also just like, it was interesting how they're making this bickering and this kind of conflict between Batman and Superman. I, I liked that. I liked this finding of the crystal and how that's affecting, you know, Superman with this whole wand thing. Like that was <clears throat> sort of cool. Um, but I don't know, because I've seen in some comics where the bickering is very childish between Batman and Superman and they come to an agreement. They're kind of like to an understanding, like, okay, okay. I see your point of view. I see your point of view. We're here for the earth. We're here for humanity. 
all right. And then they'll they'll go back to each other and bicker again. So, you know, it, I feel like it's a it's a bromance, really. Uh, like, well, I mean, they, in the comics, they are best friends. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, that's something I'm glad they brought back because for the longest time, you know, you had Batman referring to, to Superman as the alien, you know, and it's like, you know what? They at least even at the worst of times, they at least had respect for each other. Exactly. You yeah. know, but now, I mean, in the comics, they are friends and it's like. They do talk like. Uh, when Batman got engaged, you know, Lois is saying to Superman, like, how, how you guys talk all uh, every week? How, how did this not come up? You know, like, I, I just can't imagine, you know, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, like, yo, dude, what's up? I'm just checking in, you know, like, but according to the comics, that's what they do. They're, they're friends, they're buds. Doesn't Wonder Woman fly? Yeah. Yeah, she. Um, I did not see her fly much in this film. Either. No, she doesn't. She doesn't really fly in the movies until the second Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one? Did she fly in that one? She did uh, at one point. I, 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 it's so forgettable that movie, but I remember she flew. Yeah, I saw. I saw them. I didn't really favor uh, the films much. But yeah, that's what was very conflicting for me because I'm like, wait a minute, shouldn't she be flying just as much as Superman? And, you know, to show that into this film would have been very helpful because, I mean, there's just fighting going all over the place and the metropolis is like (laughs) crumbling all over the place. So. Oh, well, um, she man is steel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. But well, I mean, we'll circle back around. I'd like to watch Man of Steel and then watch this again and really give you a full I, critique. But I, I liked Man of Steel. I think you'll like it. Okay. I had ser- serious problems with it, but I mean, this wasn't this wasn't Shang Chi. Like Shang Chi, I watched it once. I don't need to say it again. Like, oh, so you'll thing. watch this one again? Yeah, I definitely will. Oh, cool. But but you see, Fedra, this is the issue that we've had for years. This movie's been out for a while. Yeah, 2016. We love ragging on the damn thing, but we keep going back to it. And part of the reason why we keep going back to it. One of us keeps going back to it. (laughs) Some of us do. People that were on the podcast kept going back to it. And I know my friends have too. And it has to do with the fact that the fight scenes are pretty damn cool. Like, say what you will about Zack Snyder. He gets his fight scenes very, very well done. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that much. Like, you know, when Batman's in the warehouse, that's a great scene. When he's fighting Superman, that's pretty damn cool. I guess, you know, the Doomsday one has its moments, but he, he gets action pretty well. But yeah, the I, problem is you have to sit through, wait, yeah, all the other stuff. But the story is kind of dumb. It's Batman just doesn't seem too bright in this one. He's like, there's just 1% chance that Superman could go crazy. Just 1%. That's why I got to kill him. It's like, really, Batman? Would, would Batman ever do that? You know, and the same thing with Superman. Superman's like, that guy, he's a vigilante. He's got to go. <laughs> you know, it's like. I, mean, I think Batman has that paranoia. Definitely. I've seen it in other. Uh, comics i mean that's why it makes him a great detective but he's always usually very feeling prepared like he doesn't ever 
feel like there's not something he can't handle. And if he can't handle it, he has the Justice League. So, well, not in this. Movie. And Batman doesn't go right. out and he, I got He's got to die. You know, but that's not. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. He just doesn't kill. That's the other thing. He killed several people in this movie, but so did. Thank Keaton. you. You brought up that point. So Julian and I were talking about the fact that in this film, and it's true, this is probably the most in the film of Batman I've ever seen him use guns. In other films, I'm almost sure I've never seen Batman use guns. Like he did martial arts, he did the flying, he did wrapping people around in rope and stuff. But I've never really seen him use a lot of guns. Like in this film alone, I think he used guns like in almost every scene. That's another thing I want to write down. I want to see exactly how many scenes because I felt you like I was going crazy. Like I just never seen from the Batmobile. Well, I know he, he took the gun off of that guy, that the machine yeah. gun. Um, yeah. But yeah. Batman normally doesn't. He, he has in the comics. I... And when he does, it's always a big deal. Yeah, because he needs guns. Yeah, originally, didn't he have a gun? Uh, way like back. You mean way back in? Yeah, uh, way way back. I think he did <laughs> the early detective comics. I think he did. You know, but then again, Superman had no problem killing people back then either. Yeah, you know, Superman. Somebody would fire a gun. Superman would be so fast he'd grab him and put the guy in front of the bullet. Well, I remember. Yeah. In year two, uh, Batman had Joe Chill's gun, and he was after Joe Chill to get get revenge because Joe kill, Joe Chill killed his parents, uh, and that was a big deal. Like you said, whenever he has to use a gun, it's a big deal, and more than likely, he doesn't pull the trigger at the end. You know? Yeah, that's what I thought was so interesting about this film. It's like every second i see him he's got like a gun or he's firing a gun and i'm like wait a minute like, that's not batman like batman's able to do more than that like i i love more of the martial arts of batman and hiding in the in the corners and you know scaring the daylights and tying them up and putting them upside down and just putting them in all these different you know arrangements where people are like huh like that's batman woo you know and then the lights come and then you just see them kind of dangling in the night that's shadows batman always finds a way to defeat people without killing them resorting yes. to a gun is not what batman usually does yeah i say it all the time shoot him in the leg you don't you don't you don't yeah i know <laughs> just, just, i know i know i know <laughs> Well, Snyder, too, like a lot of people brought that up to him, especially that part where the guy throws the grenade at him in the warehouse and then he throws the grenade back. And, you know, those guys are dead. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, well, Batman didn't kill those guys. The grenade killed those guys. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know, he was like, you know. All right. We're getting real road. philosophical here. <laughs> it's like it was the bullets that killed those guys, not Batman. It's like, shut up. You know, yeah. but I was okay with it just because I like a darker Batman myself. And I I liked him as Batman. I liked the fact that he we seen him working out because he really has to in this current era of Batman, he's got to build up his body and his training in order to take on several people. I feel like they ripped off so many damn stories. So that's what I hate, hated about Snyder because he ripped off the Dark Knight Returns. He ripped off the Death of Superman, you know, and those could have all been movies in their own right. And uh, mm -hmm. but 
it, it's not my favorite movie, but I will watch it from time to time and say, oh, I like this part a little better. I like this part a little worse, but it's okay. I'm really happy that you watched Fedra because I was, I think I was just telling Jack uh, the other day, I says, I got to push Fedra into watching Batman v Superman because my, my nephew requested that, you know, um, and I didn't have to do it. It's like we were like in in sync. Yeah, we are. And I'm definitely going to see it again so I can provide more insight of what I remember. But I th- I agree with you that I might need to see Man of Steel first and then we can recap around it again. Yeah, you can watch Justice League if you want, you know. Yeah, that too. Just watch the regular version. Save yourself like two hours. Two hours. <laughs> Yeah, there's Ain't a two-hour version, much. and there's a four-hour version. Superman is much better in the two-hour version. He's the Superman that we always wanted. Um, but I would say that there's a lot of cool stuff in the uh, four-hour version, too. But still not worth the two hours. Yeah, I don't think so. Unless you're a diehard DC fan. And even then, so much. <laughs> but you could watch Lord of the Rings, no problem, right? Oh, yeah. I even saw the director's cut. I love the director's cut. It's just so dark. It's amazing. That's what a director's cut is supposed to be. Gives you everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I mean, there were there were great parts that were in the director's cut that I couldn't believe didn't make the theatrical release. Oh, I mean, I like the whole mouth of Saran bit. Yeah. Uh, the songs, the extra songs I liked. Gandalf facing down uh, the Lord of Nazgul. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, how did you leave that out? <laughs> I know. I remember when they came out on uh, DVD. I think it was DVD before they came out on Blu-ray. And I was watching it with my friends and they were like yelling at the screen. It's like, why would you leave that out? I don't understand this. <laughs> you know, just like what Jack said. There's like there is there's a lot of cool stuff that they added in there. Oh, it was just that they added in as a finished product. Yeah, that staff. I mean, that crew was amazing. It was so visually beautiful. Like I just I I love that it just hits me of the books because I I literally remember starting freshman year in high school and that's that's what I read. I first read The Hobbit and then I read them uh, in order and it was like seeing the adaption of that on film it was just like wow they're they're putting in everything you know and i i just felt much homage to to tolkien for that i felt like this is right like this this was oh you mean jackson yes well i meant just tolkien's books and how the adaption is on screen it really connected with me it felt like this is good this is this is really resonating yeah I think most people love the Lord of the Rings. All right, let's get into the news. I was going to start with another news story, but this is actually breaking flash news. And this is from the Hollywood Reporter. So this is, you can rely on them as a source. So they are coming out and they're saying, according to their sources, Warner Brother is looking at three options when it comes to the Flash movie. The first is that They want Miller to seek professional help. Uh, Something the studio has heard could be the case after they return 
well, I hate when they do that. They're referring to him as a they, and I keep thinking, is it Warner Brothers or is it him? Um, he ended up returning to their, again, <laughs> they returned to their farm. He returned to his farm in Vermont with his mother. From there, the hope is the actor can give a tell-all interview explaining their, again, recent behavior, later doing limited press for The Flash and avoiding any further negatives. Second, if Miller does not seek help, the movie could still be released, but the actor would not factor heavily into marketing or publicity. He would also, it's funny how like now they're calling him he, <laughs> you know, they're all, they don't know what to call him. Uh, he would also no longer be cast as the Scarlet Speedster, leading to someone else playing Barry Allen in the future. The third scenario would be the last resort is that if things worsen with Miller, the Flash will be scrapped and never released. Miller plays multiple characters and is nearly in every scene, so reshooting their scenes with another actor is impossible. It's not impossible. It's just they'll have to reboot the entire branding of the Flash, which I think they should do. I think Ezra should be locked up and should still seek professional help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, I don't, I don't, you agree, you, Jack? <laughs> you know, I, I'm... This this guy is just a jerk, and he's a, a, just a terrible human being because he they, just, they he are just, he just abuses being. everyone around him. He's poison, and you know what? This oh, it costs too much money. Yeah, well, you know, you gave Zack Snyder what seventy million dollars to do a do over. You're telling me you can't replace this guy digitally or reshoot scenes with well, look what they people. did. They canceled Batgirl. That cost almost hundred million dollars. Yeah, same thing. Don't 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 talk like oh, it's too expensive. You yeah, know, I can write no, it off. it's it's it. I I think it comes down to this new guy at Warner Brothers who just is clean in house. He's like, you know what? I don't go for any of this stuff. You know, I want the big three front and center, mm -hmm. the Flash. I don't care who you are. You cannot say the Flash is as popular as Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. He's not. Agreed. You know, and that's what the new guy wants. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if it got scrapped for Disney Plus. Not Disney Plus. Uh, Discovery. Nice. Discovery Plus. Is that what they settled on? I mean, I think no, if you have like a good BMX. actor and you have a good story, I think you could still make Flash take off. Now well, it's not going to be as Spider-Man. I don't think he's that good an actor either. Right. No, not him. No, she's saying so a replacement. He's, yeah, he's, a replacement. He's not the draw. You know, even though it is the Flash, I don't understand how he's the draw because there's so many more talented people in this movie than him. And those are the people I think would be expensive to get back to do reshoots, you know, be, with what they're doing with CGI now, I think, I think they could do it. I, they could replace them, but they don't want to because the new guy doesn't have faith in this as a property. So, well, I think that they are personally, I think that 
never going to release this movie. I, I do think he's going to end up doing some more stuff. He recently ended up breaking into someone's house and stole a bunch of alcohol and they have them on security cam, which I still don't understand. This is guy has got to be a millionaire, maybe a multimillionaire. Why does he need to break into someone ha- someone's house and steal alcohol? He does like the stupidest things. And uh, I was reading too, like when he had that, that mother over with her kids and it was uh, at his farm or some kind of commune in Vermont. Um, yeah. One of the kids had a, had a bullet in his mouth, you know, mm-hmm. was sucking on it. It's like, damn, this guy is insane. Uh, and he, he does kind of act like, like a, like a Koresh or uh, some type of Swangali or whatever where you know he thinks he's a god and that everybody has to follow his rules and that if they don't they get punished or they get isolated or they get demeaned and um he he definitely seems like he's a bipolar type of person where you know he can control his anger for a while but then when he gets mad he just really hits hard um i did like him in justice league as the flash because i was never a flash fan and he kind of brought a little humor to the character and and again i think that that's the problem if i was a huge flash fan i'd probably have a problem because the flash is not comedic but i was fine with it i i actually did like him in the role but i do think that he is really kryptonite for the dceu if they're going to call it that they got to get rid of him but i think that they're also trying to handle this delicately because he really believes he's the flash. Like I saw when he got arrested in Hawaii, they were confiscating some of the stuff that was in his pockets and he had his flash ring in there. And he says, don't touch that. Don't touch that. That's my flash ring. That's very precious to me. And he goes, don't you dare touch that. You know? And uh, I was like, and he's been on Twitter kind of, comparing himself to the flash not being by the cops saying it's like where are you where am i you can't catch me i'm here i'm there Yeah, but then he does horrible things and they call him the wrong pronoun and all of a sudden it's whatever he's done is supposed to be forgotten because he's they called him the wrong pronoun yeah well what about the person he just hit with a chair you know what about the person he just choke slammed you know yeah it's he, he the guy is poison no he is he does need to go I, I think it's a big problem he is causing a lot of problems you know for the studio like i did hear he's he's probably costing them about a half a billion dollars because i think part of the reason why they canceled batgirl too was that it was so closely tied to flash or flashpoint because uh they might change this movie or they might not, might not ever be released but in in Batgirl, it has it where Michael Keaton's the Batman of this universe, and um, J.K. Simmons is the Commissioner Gordon of that universe, and his daughter is Barbara Gordon, Black Girl, Leslie Grace. And um, the reason why is because of Flashpoint in the Flash movie, Michael Keaton's Batman ends up replacing Ben Affleck's Batman in our universe somehow and that's why batgirl has michael keaton and it's got jk simmons in it because in their world that's the way it is you know 
So they got rid of that. They also took Michael Keaton out of Aquaman. So it's like, all right, they got, he's Michael Keaton. (laughs) We wanted, I wanted to see Michael Keaton in a Batman suit in anything. Just wanted to see that back again. And he's got three opportunities. Two of them have been taken away. And I don't think it's Michael Keaton. It's Ezra Miller. It's they. I think they're afraid of what kind of potential could happen if this movie is successful and they do fire him. Like he can go on a rampage and, you know, say, it's like, look, this is my movie. He does think it's his movie, but it really is not his movie. It's because we're going to see Michael Keaton's Batman. We're going to see Supergirl. We're going to see Batgirl. Uh, I forget else. Oh, also uh, Ben Affleck's Batman too. There's going to be a lot of cameos in this movie. It's going to be more like an Avengers movie or a Justice League movie. But for right, some but reason, this, but this is someone that we're dealing with that has mental illness, and you know, I'm not a therapist, but from going from one identity to another and highly attempting for everyone to refer to him as they uh, constantly while really doing, you know, harm to, to others, you know, like Jack just said, and like you just said into burglary, you know, it, it sounds like someone that's very unstable and not really able to, you know, maneuver their emotional outbursts. And maybe he just can't handle fame or can't handle, you know, what he's been doing. I, you know, I, I don't, I want to be compassionate and putting myself in that situation and handling the pressures of filming, handling the pressure of being the flash. And maybe he's just lashing out because he truly doesn't know, or they don't know who they are and, and what they stand for. So they're lashing out to everything and everyone. Uh, but that's no excuse, you know, you know, there it's a very tricky situation because at the same time as this is releasing, it's my understanding black Adam is releasing. And so they're really trying to push DC up and not having this and the Batgirl series pull them down. Well, black Adam, when is that coming out, Jack? That's, November at this point now I don't even know I'll double Um, check I think it is in November because yeah I I think the flash is the following year if if it does come out um Uh, actually October October 21st yeah all right well close enough (laughs) anyway um yeah we'll see yeah Flash is supposed to be next year I'm sure by the next podcast he'll the story will again. change again. <laughs> yeah. So I was at the gym the other day and I was listening. I wanted something to listen to a podcast and I listened to Overlord DVD. And I know I sent you guys a couple of stuff from him. This is one of the things I didn't send to you. This guy, I've watched him a couple of times. Sometimes he's accurate. Sometimes he's not. So everything's with a grain of salt. So this is a rumor, but he's saying there's a a rumor going on about Indiana Jones five and they're having a lot of problems with the movie. Well, part of the problem is that uh, this might have to do with time travel. And 
Stonehenge might be involved in it, where they use that as a time traveling device. And Indiana Jones goes back in the past and meets his younger self. And something happens where young Indiana Jones dies and Harrison Ford Indiana Jones dies and the uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge from Fleabag might be taking over the character. So according to history and how time has changed, she is the only Indiana Jones that's in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. You know, it's another Kathleen Kennedy thing where she wants to replace a character with a, with a female character. Um, and this is apparently coming from a disgruntled Lucasfilm employee because she apparently fired a bunch of them recently so that she can get her bonus. <laughs> she sounds like so evil. It's happened woman. in other companies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds crazy if they do do something like that. Again, it's a rumor. I could see them thinking about something like that, but I think it would piss a lot of people off if they did do something like that. It's not like they haven't pissed people off in the past uh, and they just learned to live with it. But I don't know. That doesn't sound very good if they do something like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just thinking it's, I know they have their credo now that they're not going to recast people. But honestly, I think Indiana Jones should be handled like James Bond. You know, every three or four movies, get a new one and come up with another a good story. And um, like I said, I, 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 I just feel bad that they are so against recasting the, these characters. I, I think uh, the last Star Wars movie would have been great if we could have seen Leia's story play out. Mm. And like we've talked on this podcast, it's not like Carrie Fisher was fired. You know, <laughs> everybody felt horrible about it, but the Princess Leia character didn't need to die with her. But, and they seem like they're determined to do that with Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones as well. So who knows? It's their properties. Uh, the only reason, the only way we can make a difference is vote with our wallets. So, and that has been happening recently. That's that is starting to happening. Look at look at Lightyear. That is starting to happen. Yep. Finally. Have you seen that yet? It's been on Disney Plus. I haven't even I haven't watched it, and I'm already paying for Disney Plus, but I haven't watched it. Nope, I have no desire. It's not Tim Allen. It's not. It's not Bud Buzz Lightyear. It's weird. Like I, I, I don't always listen to this guy Overlord DVD because uh, he does come out with some out, out, I can't even say it. Hey, outlandish comes out with crazy stuff as well. Yeah, like he says, this is a big conspiracy theory going on that I, I just don't believe. He says that uh, Chapek is actually anti woke and that he's doing all this stuff to convince people 
that wokeness is bad in movies and that he wants things to get so bad that everybody's going to say, please go back to the way it was. But I just can't see him doing something like that, like burning through money That's, like that. That sounds like moronic thinking. Yeah, that sounds like odd conspiracy. You know, him, him running it into the ground reflects badly on him because he's in charge. You know, and it, even if, you know, this is the plan, he's going to get fired. He's not going to be around to fix it. I think also that, you know, time, time time's really going to show. I mean, you know, not to sound all like philosophical, but that's just me. Like when we look at history... We see things that were published and, you know, used in propaganda throughout any part of the world. And you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they were doing that or I can't believe they fell for that or I can't believe they were watching that or digesting that. So I I think it's the same as now, like people are starting to really see and get tired of these narratives. I mean, I am. It's why I say them over and over again, because I want at least this cataloged that like. I'm not the only one seeing this. And I had a great conversation with my friend Lynn, who's a super like super witch. I'm talking about like in a coven herself right now. Like and, you know, she was totally on board for Doctor Strange. But she did say that she would watch this film first and comb through it before she would allow her child to watch it. And so that's where she's saying that it really is the responsibility of the parents. And like you just said, you know, Jack, like voting with your dollar and saying, Hey, this might be all right for me to watch as a Marvel film, but if we're going toward Disney, this is not necessarily family oriented or something that I want my kid to watch. So I think that's, what's going to start to happen if not more. And I think that's when people are going to change their tune, just like Disney is doing because they can't do that forever. You know, they want to keep their brand and they want people to keep watching either Disney plus or visiting the parks. So you're going to have to find a way to coexist and make it fun for everyone and not just for a specific group. Cause otherwise you are alienating people, whether you want to admit it or not, when you do that, you start to alienate and that's well, not really welcoming. I don't know if it, I, I, I was listening to so many podcasts this week uh, that they all have them confused who said what, but someone had said that it's kind of like, even if you look at the United States and how people voted in the last election, mm-hmm. n- not one candidate even got 50% of the vote. It's this country is very divided and, and companies have to realize that you can't, push towards a certain agenda or political standing. And I, I think it just pisses people off and you should be able to, like I, I always say, Disney's job should be entertainment. It shouldn't be preaching or yes. trying to highlight the specific group. Like recently, John Lasseter, he became the head of Skydance animation over at Apple. And they released that movie, Luck, which I had seen and uh, it's not that great, but it's, it reminds me of Pixar. There is a movie. It's a short, it's 10 minute short. It's called blush on uh, Apple plus and it's John Lasser is behind it. It is old Pixar. You guys, if, if you mm. miss old Pixar, check that out. It's very sad. It's 10 minutes 
but you know it's all pantomime it's like about an astronaut that meets an alien and they fall in love and they raise a family and they're marooned on this planet it's very very good and it really is heartbreaking too within 10 minutes you go through so many damn emotions in this movie and nobody speaks a word that's the way that's the way pixar used to be and they're not like that anymore and John Lasseter is there. He ended up bringing a lot of the animators over. And you can see that um, he got Brad Bird to join them. And John Ratzenberg, who used to be their, their lucky charm in all our Pixar movies. He's now over there. He plays mm. a character in luck. Uh, Alan Menken, who did a little mermaid, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. He's doing stuff for them. The music guy. Yeah. yeah it's just uh Right now, luck is not that great, but I'm hopeful that maybe he'll bring back some of the magic. I just want to see good movies. It's like, I don't care who makes them. Like, I like the Despicable Me movies, and uh, I think they're fun to watch. And I care less if Disney makes them or Universal or whoever. You know, as, as long as it's a good, fun movie, I'll watch it over and over and over again. Same thing, which again, I don't understand. Like when we had said this, I think maybe last week, why are people or fans always like, if you're a DC fan, why do you want Marvel to fail? And what, if you're a Marvel fan, why do you want DC to fail? It's like, yeah, that's a good question. Shouldn't you be wanting both groups to be successful so that we get more superhero, more, uh, good superhero movies, not more quality, yeah. you know? Right. All right, let's see here. Oh, so I sent you guys some Ironheart photos. Yeah, I, you know what? Ironheart is a character that I'm I really have zero interest in. But I got to say, I, I kind of dig the armor. I It goes two ways, though. It's like, I like the way the armor looks, but how the heck did she build this in her garage? Like, Maybe she got help. Well, I, well, who's from Wakanda? From who? Wakanda. Well, she's going to be in Black Panther. Yeah, but how, how is somebody from Wakanda helping this kid from Queens? You know, like financing that, her? Once again, that's, that's, oh, a you stretch. mean before, beforehand? Yeah. Like, okay, she may be hanging out in that school that they set up or something, but uh, I can't see anybody from Wakanda saying, you know what? We're going to let you build a super suit because, uh, you know, a 15 year old will definitely use it responsibly. You know, like, no. <laughs> Responsible technology. Wakanda's got to be built, have rules or something in place. You know, I, I don't I don't know. But like I said, I liked the armor. I thought it looked very cool. It looked pretty big, though. From the comics that I had seen, I, I've only kind of Remember oh, in the comics, suit? of course, you know, she's she builds this armor suit, but it's it's more form know, fitting. form fitting and yeah. uh, <laughs> very, very light, non bulky. Well, the images, she looks very. Transformer ish. Yeah, it, that's it a looks, good point. It looks very bulky to me. It doesn't look realistic. Uh, and I, I'm with you, Jack. I don't I don't really have a a desire to to see that but that's you know i I don't have a 
I have a problem with the way that they're masculating the female when you don't need to do that. Uh, I, again, go back with Joe, and I understand you didn't like the film, but I really like how they put Black Widow because at least in Black Widow, she has her outfit and she has her skills. You know, she doesn't have this, you know, fire beams out of her feet or, you know, she has like crossbows on top of her arms. It's just some ridiculous weaponry. Like, no, she she was a spy and she had various skills and that's what she has. And she has Hawkeye, you know. Well, she has her little taser wrists. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's. that's I always like why... when she used to shoot darts out of them. Yeah, me now, too. Now we have tasers. I guess the sparkle effect is a little bit more film friendly. I thought those were guns. Yeah, but I mean, see, she doesn't have like this full on armor that she's putting into a suit. Like, I, right. I, I don't agree with that. I feel like it, this this is why I'm also interested in, in Prey and watching the Native American, because I, I like to see how different directors adapt and personify a strong, independent female. And you don't need to alter her to look or presume masculine honestly i think you are a terrible writer and a terrible director if that's what you have to do it doesn't matter what race or what sexual orientation you're putting on the character if they're not male and they're not alpha you don't need to turn them into that you can use the skills and use the aspects of the female or, hey, if you want to merge them and make them trans, that's fine. Like, whatever you want to adapt them to, but don't then make them into something that they're not. And, and, and that's that's my beef. Like, I do like the way that they made Wonder Woman because they they really tried to keep to her original costume. They kept her to her original uh, fighting technique. And, and so... You know, they're not making her bigger, better, beefier than than what she needs to be like. She she's powerful in her own right. So that's the only thing I have a problem with this, because it is to me a knockoff of Iron Man. And I don't really think we need a female adaption of Iron Man. Now, if you want to decorate the idea and be like, well, what if it was a woman that was Iron Man? You know, it's Ironheart. Like, OK, like. You know, if you want to play with that, why don't we make that a what if uh, series or part of the what if series? Why do we have to make an entire series about her where I, I'm going to really trust Jack and what Jack says that is there really a complete fan base that is waiting for that? Just like we've said about Echo, are there people really waiting to see Echo as well as a series. That that's my problem because and are there enough of them right to make it successful? Cuz you you know what you can make a fantastic movie but if no one goes see it what's the point? Well, this is the you whole know, thing though with that though is like I said before they're bringing in Daredevil and the Kingpin so that people that normally won't watch Echo Right. Be forced to watch it because they want to see them 
And then when they get high ratings, they're like, oh, Echo is so great. Look Echo's at this. Echo's a great hero. Look at the ratings on her show. You know, but the, but no one will admit the truth that people are mostly turning in to see Daredevil again. You know, oh, I'm totally going to admit it. I'm totally watching it just for that. I, But I'm just saying Disney won't admit that. Gotcha. You know, and nobody at Disney will admit that. Um, but it's still, you know, which brings me to She-Hulk too. He's in She-Hulk too, Daredevil. I think more people are more curious about seeing She-Hulk than the Hulk I, or it, Daredevil. It, it's, it's funny. There are certain things that like the more I see of She-Hulk and the promos and stuff, the more I want to see it. However, the more I see of Wakanda Forever or Ironheart, the less I really kind of want to see it. It, it, it's 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 funny that it's so opposed that the more I see of some things, the less interested I get. Meanwhile, the more I see of others, I like I'm I'm really looking forward to She-Hulk. Me too. Like I and and the thing is, is I'm not looking forward to it because I want to see a big, beefy, strong woman and be like, yeah, strong women and power. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't I don't need that. Like. If you know who you are and you know your strength, you you don't need any form of decoration or illusion, you know. So, um, so for me, I, I'm interested in how they're going to pair like the reality of the character and going into law and like representing, you know, all these, you know, villains and stuff. Like, and then how she's, you know, working with the Hulk and learning from the Hulk. Like that part, I'm really interested in. Like, I'd love to see that kind of turn on it because, you know, normally we can't do that in a full fledged film because they're trying to save the world, you know, so they can't have that whole montage. So this will be great. Mm. Uh, oh, but well, when it- it, It's also She-Hulk is one of the lighter characters. Yes. Like they they had a, a very funny joke in, in the Hulk when Peter David was running it that um, uh, Joe fix it the Grey Hulk is making peace with Betty Brant. And they're like, she's like saying like how, like, isn't it amazing? Like all these people with these gamma powers are so screwed Betty Ross? Betty Ross. Oh yeah, Betty Ross, not Betty Brant. And um, they go into this whole routine of like, hi, I'm Emil Blonsky. I'm the gamma powered, you know, abomination. You know, and then everybody around the chairs go, I am ill. <laughs> well, it sounds like Rick and, Ralph. Well, it I, sounds like AA. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even though not to make light of the AA meetings, it's it's just it was just a very funny scene. And it looks like they have, you know, the supervillains in a support group, you I know, know like at one point during it. And I I think that whole concept is hysterical because we're so used to seeing, you know, supervillains as, you know, mean, uncaring, you know, vicious people. And here it is, you know, they're in a support group breaking down in front of each other. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what we need is it's more just the juxtaposition is very, very funny. But, and that's a lot of what She-Hulk is like in the comics. You just see, you know, who would think, you know, of the leader having 
bringing somebody to court because, you know, he gets headaches all the time and being hit in his head, which is, you know, about three feet tall. You know, <laughs> like it's just the craziness is what makes She-Hulk fun. And I, I hope they capture it. It looks like they will. Oh, it looks fun. I am looking forward to it more than probably any series that has premiered recently that I can think of. Like I wasn't, I mean, I was going to watch Hawkeye, but I was like, eh. I mean, Hawkeye is not my favorite character, but I just had a feeling the rest of them were just not going to be very good. This looks like it could be fun. The only concern I have is I saw a uh, kind of behind the scenes sort of thing. And it seems like everybody working on this series is female. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any males involved, like writers, directors, for um, Ironheart or She-Hulk? She-Hulk. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm still talking about She-Hulk. Okay. That's the only thing that I'm concerned about because I hate when Disney pushes that. That's like, like they do that with Captain Marvel. It's like, well, we have to have a woman directing Captain Marvel. Yeah, only a woman can do, can direct this. Yeah, only a woman knows how to write a female character, and that's that's you know that's sexist, sexist right off the bat. Yeah. That's my only fear, but hopefully they're good. You know, hopefully they're the cream of the crop that they pick, you know, really good writers and really good directors, but we'll see. You know, yeah, we kind of like, I guess, transitioned over to She-Hulk. She-Hulk. So Giancarlo Esposito has confirmed that he met with Marvel and that he is pushing them that he would like to be cast as professor X in the X-Men movie, or if they call it the mutants. But he said that there has been talk about him playing Magneto. There has been talk of him playing Dr. Freeze, which Dr. Freeze. Who's Dr. Freeze, Jack? I don't know. Maybe he's thinking, I know who Mr. Mr. Freeze Freeze is. Yeah. Mr. Freeze, but that's DC. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who he's talking about. Is Dr. Freeze. He said Dr. Freeze. And then he said Dr. Doom. So he's being looked at at all, all of those characters. Magneto, Dr. Doom, Professor X, and whoever the hell Dr. Freeze is. Um, but he really wants to play Professor X because he said he's played a bad guy in almost everything that he does. And he would prefer playing Professor X. The problem is he makes such a... A good bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, oh, he's also a Taurus. Cool. It's like he was born. He looked up his birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's born April 26, 1958. So he's 64 years old. Um, Magneto, Happy birthday, though, wherever you are. Yeah, but based on the origin, isn't, isn't Magneto technically Jewish in the X-Men films? Yeah, yeah, but I think they're trying to change that because the Holocaust took place so long ago, like he'd have to be a hundred years old to be Magneto now. I, I did like, I did like the analogy of having Magneto as part of the civil rights movement. Yeah. In the sixties, that kind of brings him up to date a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. So like if he, if he played Magneto. Yeah. I, I think they could really make that work. Yeah, I think he could totally make it because it, he'll give this kind of persona that he is for social justice. But then you'll see that the villain side of him is only for mutants and not for everyone, which is Magneto. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, like I said, my biggest problem is I just don't like. And you can I, still play Jewish. It's just I'm just saying, like I'm I'm very much like Joe, where I'm looking at him and I'm like, what character would he be best? In my opinion, would be Magneto. I don't think he could really play anybody else. It just doesn't look right. You gotta, well, I definitely I don't want him being Doctor Doom. Yeah. Especially if he's from Latvia. Is that it, Jack? Yeah, he's got to be more Eastern European. Isn't he bigger too? I thought uh, he's well, Doom taller is, and well, the thing is, Doom is like I like Tony Stark. You know, it's like he's he's an average height guy, but his armor, you know, makes him a good bit taller and bigger. You know, because his armor is packed mm. with gadgets and technology. Um, but like I said, my issue has always been I just wish they would just be close as possible to what the comic book characters look like. And I don't think that would be the case if he was cast, if they are going to do it though. And I did talk to my nephew about this. Like he had brought it up too. Um, he said he would like to see Denzel Washington as professor X and him as Magneto, you know, Giancarlo. I, I feel the opposite. I think Denzel Washington would hit it out of the park as Magneto. And I think that Giancarlo would probably make a better Professor X. That's just me personally. Uh, well, like I said, if they go an analogy to the civil rights movement, you know, Denzel Washington would knock it out in the park. You're right. <laughs> that's that's just him, you know. I mean, he played Malcolm X. You know? No, but not, but I mean, he's just he's just so darn good. You know, that I think if they if they did go that route with Magneto, he would be great. But I think this other guy and I can't remember his name and I sorry, but I think this other guy would also be great because I I think he was good in the boys. I think he was one of the better parts of the Mandalorian as well. No, he plays a really good bad guy. And and Breaking Bad. In Breaking Bad, he was a terrifying villain. Oh, was he really? I, I oh, didn't yeah. saw Breaking Bad. Oh, he was twenty steps ahead, and and that's what I, I, I. That's also why I would like him to do Magneto because, and this is this is again, you know, like I, I, I like to. There's so many. Okay, let me backpedal. So when I see divine masculinity. I don't always just see the muscles and the strength and, you know, like I could conquer anything. I'll protect you kind of vibe. Yeah, but she doesn't change the channel either, folks. Right. But I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that also, you know, Giancarlo, he does a great, cool, collected, calculated, strategic way of getting his power and lining up everything and literally watching everything burn. And he's just like, yeah, I did that, you know? And, and that's another side of the masculinity that I love to show and see because you don't always have to be the loudest and biggest in the room. You know, some of the most dangerous people are the people that are invisible and that are quiet. And so, you know, he can definitely play that. And I like that magneto has been 
more loud in in the comics from what I remember. Uh, so it would be nice to maybe see a little bit of a change and, and show a little bit of change in Magneto. Uh, I agree, though, that even Denzel would be great as Professor X as well, because we've seen him where he's more inspirational. He's more like that father figure, the coach talking you down like, dude, this isn't the way to go right now. And I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) So I could even see that camaraderie between the two of them. Like, listen, this isn't really what you want to do. Come on. We're, we're here to help them. And he's like, and John Carlos, like, I don't want to help them. Let him all burn. (laughs) You know, like I can definitely see that occurring. So, I mean, as a big X-Men fan, I really hope that they get it finally right. Cause I'm, I'm so tired of being disappointed in these films. Yeah, it's a good point. We'll see. I have a feeling they're going to announce the cast at D23 this you know, next month. We'll see. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they've talked about so many different things. I don't know what D23 they're going to announce. They what said they're, they're going to come up with. Well, they said they're going to make a big announcement so yeah i I don't know we'll see um so jamie fox said that he's been talking with todd mcfarlane and that he's pushing for a spawn reboot and i'd be on board with that i don't know if i'd want jamie fox though Uh, although he wouldn't be bad but i i'd say give an up-and-comer a chance you know um yeah, I mean, Jamie Foxx is another guy who I think is just terrific. But I, I think you're right. I think, you know, he may be a little uh, long in the tooth right now. Yeah. I, I think Spawn should be a younger guy. Yeah, in his 20s or 30s. You know, like, yeah, somebody in their mid-20s or something like that. Um, But then again, I... I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know how popular Spawn is anymore. He is popular. He, they, is he? I don't know. I just, yeah, no, they recently rebooted him in the comics. And I think like the first issue sold like a half a million or something like that. It was an insane oh, that's amount. Pretty, that's pretty darn good in the sales numbers now. Yeah, because like people really wanted him. And they, you know, I just remember that was a success story recently. Um, but I remember when Spawn came out. To see, now this is like, and this is why I think they should push him is like there, there aren't enough black superheroes. This is one of them. And when Spawn first came out, Todd McFarlane, he, he was leaving Marvel to go to Image and he had the Spawn character in mind that he wanted to launch the studio with. And we really knew nothing about him except he kind of shown us his artwork for Spawn. And it was a cool ass costume, although it was a bit of a ripoff of Batman and Spider-Man. And Deadpool, you know, when you when you look at it. Um, but we just I know I was a huge fan of Todd McFarlane. I would buy whatever he made. If he made a, a comic book about talking cows, I'd probably end up buying it. <laughs> and uh, so I couldn't wait for the first issue of Spawn. But what he did is, you know, no one had any idea that this character of Al Simmons was black that he was a black man underneath that. And again, back then we completely accepted it. We just knew that this was the character. This is a new character. 
this is Todd McFarlane doing the artwork. And I know I fell in love with the character. Not that the stories were that great, but I just liked his look. I liked his attitude. And I think I mean, the character definitely had a good look. I, I thought they did like a medieval spawn for a little while. Yeah. I remember that. And I thought that was very, that looked very cool in the armor. He looked like something right out of the, the old Diablo game, you know, so he looked cool, but uh, for me, same thing, Joe, I picked up those first few issues, but the problem was the story as beautiful as the book looked. I would say Arling can't write. Well, I'd say part of it was the villains because well, again, Frederick, you would love this, but the, the villain was Satan and the whole oh, idea. yeah i remember spawn yeah yeah we saw like julian and i saw like an old trailer of it we're like oh yeah how come they haven't done anything with spawn and then here you go <laughs> here we go but, we're talking about it so but the comics were a lot worse when i say worse you know, they delve deeper yeah. into evil <laughs> you know we'll just say that much okay. but <laughs> But, you know, again, we were adults when we were collecting it, too, Jack and I. And it was never written for kids. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, kids probably would pick it up, but they shouldn't be picking it up. Parents <laughs> and then their parents would. It was in the back in the day when their parents would see it and take it away from them. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know, when I was a kid, it's like, what's that Black Sabbath album doing in this house? And I'm like, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. It's my friends. You left it here. Just borrowing it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I, when you say the writing, I think the story was good because he was, he was a cop, I think, wasn't he a cop and yeah. he, and he was killed, mm-hmm. you know, and he was married and, and they, and they always wanted to have a family and he just had a problem, I guess, on his side of, of impregnating her and they never ended up having a kid. And then he was killed in the line of duty. And um, ended up in hell somehow. Made a deal with the devil, where that he can go back on Earth and have his life all over. But he'd have to be a servant and collect souls for Satan, you know, for his army. Of course. But of course, what Satan does is that he always <laughs> screws him over. Screws <laughs> you over. When he mm-hmm. gets back, his wife is married, and they have a daughter with his best friend. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and he's a mess. His whole face. Is yeah, he's all scarred up and burnt up, like Freddy Krueger, uh, or worse. See that? I think this should change. I think that they, I think that would be probably again for you know a black actor. I think it would be much better if you can see him betrayed with just like you know an actor's face underneath the mask. You, you don't need all the scarring and all that. I think it would be a cooler looking superhero. He was like Deadpool messed up. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I would say even worse. I had the Batman versus, uh, well, that was a, that was kind of cool too. They did a Batman versus Spawn thing. And uh, for a while, Spawn had this scar on the side of his face going across his eye. And it was revealed in the Batman versus Spawn that it was the Batarang that Batman finally got tired of Spawn and jabbed them in the in the face with the battering um but anyway i i would love to see a spawn reboot with 
current CGI, good acting, good directors, good writing. And, and again, I think that story was cool, Jack. I mean, what I just said, it's just that. No, this- I mean, the, the first arc where he's going against the Dementor. Mm-hmm. The, the, the little clown and the clown turns into this giant demon. That was good because he stuck pretty much that story. But after that first arc, I don't know. I kind of remember the whole book kind of falling apart. Yeah, no, it just uh, tried to outgross you every time. Right. It's it, mostly about serial killers and, you know, uh but I still pick it up. I, I kept picking it up until he stopped drawing it, which I think was issue 25. Oh, I didn't know. I thought he ran it into the ground. <laughs> no, it kept going and going and going. But uh, yeah, no, I would love to see somebody take on that role. Uh, again, we need more black superheroes. And I think that would be a really, really good movie. If this was done right, it could easily make a billion bucks. Especially, again, if the Spawn comics are doing good in the comic books right now, I, I think he should hit while the iron is hot. You know, I agree with you. Because like you said, you know, they've already, for now, have put aside, you know, Black Panther and what they're doing with that. So they do need more characters. Yep. All right, last news story. So Peter Jackson apparently was actually, I think that Amazon or the writers of the new Lord of the Rings series, The Ring of Power, had reached out to Peter Jackson and asked him for help. And uh, they basically blew him off, according to Jackson, that uh, he was talking to the Hollywood reporters. Jackson said that Amazon asked him, uh, and his Lord of the Rings producer, Fran Walsh, if they wanted to be involved in a TV series. Jackson said he and Walsh could not uh, agree to do so until they saw a script. And this is where it ended, you know. Um, so they said, as soon as we get the first couple scripts, we'll send them to you. And then he said, they never sent me anything. And that was it. Well, I think... I we were just saying how much we like the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, however, I think Peter Jackson has the same problem George Lucas has that he needs somebody around to tell him, oh, you're kind of going a little off here, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe they were looking at it and there might be more to the story of they wanted to go one direction and he was like, no, you need to do this maybe. And Somewhere, somebody was like, if we have this guy, we're going to have to rein him in. And that could be problems in itself. So, um, so like I said, I think The Lord of the Rings is one of the best trilogies out there. We've had the classic argument of Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars a couple of times. But for me, I think it all fell apart with The Hobbit. So um, maybe that was it. Maybe... They were thinking on second thought, maybe this guy is going to be too hard to work with because he's going to want to run the show. So who knows? We'll never know. Yeah, I'm sure that they want to do their own adaption and just leave Jackson out of it. Like he had his he had his time. He did his his adaption of the films. So maybe they just 
you know, they just want to leave him out of it so that they can do their own thing. That that's kind of what I'm thinking. It makes sense. I mean, he did four movies. Like, come on. Well, we mean yeah, four six. movies. Six. Yeah. Six. Sorry. Seven if you count all the I wish, I wish he did four movies. Well, that was a problem. I, I think, yeah, after the Hobbit, I would have said, Yeah, no thanks. Uh we're 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 good, <laughs> you know. Because I think that the Hobbit for me ruined him in a way. Like he he doesn't have the clout that he once had it from the Lord of the Rings. And King Kong didn't help either. You know, um, now, King, Kong, King Kong. I, I liked King Kong up until that dumb ice skating bit. Everybody hates that. But I mean, you, you could take that out. And I think the movie would be miles better. I don't know about that. Uh, well, and those dinosaur, that dinosaur chase with the brontosauruses and the velociraptors. Oh, cool. Uh, I thought that looked awful. Well, CGI wise, he, he's just a CGI whore. That's the problem. What he did with the hobbits is that he went CGI crazy. That that orc, that white orc, looked hideous. Well, I think it's it's also well, all the orcs because in Lord of the Rings they were all conventional. And yeah. I, I'm sorry, you know, the conventional stuff just it just looks and feels more real. As good as CGI can be, um, what is it that that unnatural valley is hard to overcome? The uncanny valley is that uncanny. That's what I was looking for the term. Well, the um, one thing about good CGI is more than most times you can't tell that it's CGI, and, you know? and that's it. But when you're going for something as fantastical as creatures especially fantasy creatures it could be you know i think it gets harder because you have weird things where you know the orcs just looked off yeah the the wargs looked off where you know they they were more hyena like in lord of the rings and then they became wolves with spiky fur <laughs> in the hobbit so yeah well, but anyway like i i think fedra hit it right on the head with you know they're trying to make this and you know feel he had his time and they want to make this their own so and that's probably a good move for them yeah and amazon owns the rights now where warner brothers own the rights for the lord of the ring series and that could be a conflict too um I kind of feel like, again, from what we've seen in the trailers of this Rings of Power, that it's it's for a new generation of Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, I don't know, necessarily know if it's for us, but I, 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 I think it's for us. But we've never seen. Well, we've seen very little of the second age of Middle Earth. You know, um, even in Tolkien's writings. We've seen very little. We saw the first stage with Cimmerillion, which has some fantastic stuff in that. That would be like uh, doing Game of Thrones, where each season is a different century. And uh, the Cimmerillion is, is if you could make it through the book and get used to the prose, it really is an awesome book to read. 
Uh, it's just a hard book to read. That's why you're Jack and I'm Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, Joe, your your taste in reading materials is much less sophisticated than mine. That's true. I will say that much. <laughs> I'll wait for the movie. Jack but, will read all the books first and then compare them. Well, but yeah, I'm, I'm reading. Mean, uh, I'm reading more historical and philosophical information than either of you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, in a whole that, other realm. No doubt in that. You, you 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 look into that much more than we do. But um, like I said, we don't know very much about the Second Age. Like we know some stuff that happened, but it really is new ground for a lot of territory. Um, that hasn't been really touched before. So they, it could be very exciting. They, they have a lot of free reign in there and, uh, it could be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out. I hope they do a nice job on it. I'm going to do a wait and see approach right now. Hopefully it gets good reviews and, you know, viewers like it. Um, but right now I'm not interested in the story about it's mostly Galadriel, right? Uh, she's, she's there, but she was there. She was there at the beginning. That's the elves. Um, so Galadriel's in there. We'll probably see Elrond. Um, he's in there. Yeah. He, he should be in there. Um, Gandalf as well could be in there. Could be. I don't know if he was cast or not. I, I don't know, but he, the Istari, which Gandalf was part of, um, they were around in the Second Age. But like I said, I don't know if they'll play a part in this. So we just have to wait and see. So I just wanted to bring up this debate that Jack and I had. So you're saying that a dwarf and an elf could not have children together. Yes. What about the, the dwarf and the elf and the hobbit? And the Peter Jackson movie. What was going to happen with them? Uh, they'd have a lot of fun, but nothing would come of it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's okay. <laughs> For lack of a better phrasing. Um, that's the lifestyle I like. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, when you got well, a nice elf like that. Well, what about, what about um, you know, Liv Tyler and uh, Aragorn? Didn't they have a kid? But that was human and elf. So human and elf can have kids together? No, I, I don't think they should either. But the whole storyline of her giving up her immortality, she yeah. made herself mortal. Yeah. And that's why it was possible. So that would have been possible. But yeah, but but didn't in her dream nothing would come from it. And didn't in her dream, didn't she kind of see her husband die and she lived She's, on? You see, this is kind of like that was like her fear stuff. But they gave her I think they gave Arwen a much bigger part in the movies than they did in the books. True. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I, remember all that much of her in the books. Maybe it's been too long since I've read them, but um, I remember she was there. But. You know, yeah. I, I I do. And again, I, I liked her in the role. I thought she was pretty good. But um, no, I had read that. Yeah, she really wasn't in the books. I did not read the books. I tried to read the books. And I was like, I'll wait for the movie. <laughs> you know? 
I mean, she was in and out in the books, but I don't remember her having a major role. Right. Not really at all. Yeah, like she didn't take Frodo to um, no Elrond. Which is, horseback. is the one thing I think was... I still... I still... That is one of the scenes that I think robbed the character of Frodo. Because, yeah, you're you were cringing right there <laughs> physically. Well, well, it's because yes, he while it was cool, she was there of her facing down the Nazgul. That was supposed to be Frodo rejecting the seduction of the ring. Yes. That, it's like you're not gonna get this, man. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm not gonna let you have this, and I'm not becoming one of you. And that's huge. That him moment making that yeah. stand was a huge Yes, development moment, and they gave it to Liv Tyler. Tyler, yeah. So we could see, like, wow, this Arwen is tough. Well, she was pretty tough, but she didn't have to give the speech. Frodo, she could have saved Frodo still, right? Gotten them across the river, but then let Frodo take a couple of steps towards the Nazgul and face them down himself. Because I mean, let's face it, Frodo's like three and a half, four feet tall. And he's he's facing down nine, like, demonic monster knights. You know, like I said, that's a huge moment for this little guy who's had kind of a easy life in the Shire smoking special tobacco. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, hey, my kind of people. <laughs> I'm well, like I say, said, man. For, for some this gardening, smokes some ganja, yeah, exactly. you know, being Why the do you think Shire? They're also happy. I mean, Sam would be my best friend. I mean, come on. I'd be like, yeah, come on over, Sam. Let's go. You know, well, why do you think Mary told Pippin, you, you smoke too much, you know, <laughs> but here it is. This was a huge moment for Frodo and they took it away from him. So I got a little problem with that. That's, that's why it's one of the few problems I have with that trilogy. No, I, I, I the, love that moment with uh, oh, what's what's the name of the the lead female elf, Kate Kate Blanche. Oh no, no, oh, Landriel. Oh, that was my favorite scene because again, it shows that strength of her as this like el- like this is like the elf. Alpha, you'd say, of female, and she's graceful and beautiful. And you see all the hobbits, they're just like, Oh my god, I hope she gives me a gift, or if I could just have a piece of her hair, you know, like, like, oh, that was like Gimli. you know, that was like an awe of her, you know, presence. But then when she had like the the ring in front of her, and you could see like the temptation coming out of her, that green, that was so dope. I mean, it was just perfect, like. That's a perfect uh, imagery of your shadow, of like your shadow coming out. Like I could be the most powerful being on earth. Yes, you would have. A I could take ring. this. I could take this ring, and then I could choose what I want. I could make this world, you know. And how she like denies it, and then she's like, "Great, I've passed." <laughs> you know, like, she's like I passed the test. You know, but then she looks at Frodo, and she has compassion because she realizes, like, yeah, I just, I just did that really quick what i want to say i'll just say that dude has to now wear that for months yeah he's taking that around all the way to mount whatever doom and throwing it in the fire with little schmeagle you know like ah, did you say mount whatever do 
Yeah. <laughs> she was so close saying Mount Doom. And I, I bet like, she did say whatever Mount Doom. Doom. I, I said, yeah, I said, I said Mount whatever Doom. And then, yeah, you know, and then Schmeagel's like falling down with it, you know, like that's, that's, a, that's a big responsibility. You know, it's, it's very easy to like handle that little temptation right then and there. But when you're wearing it, like how he was that whole time, I mean, man, like talk about temptation. You know? that, and that's why it's better sometimes not to read the book. Because I enjoyed that scene without knowing the actual. If I did, I'd be pissed off because I have done that with comics, you know, comic movie adaptions. Well, that's so. why I think we like the director's cut, because there's parts of the songs that I really enjoyed that were in the book that really couldn't make it to the film. And I knew it. I'm like. If they did, I'd be sitting here for six hours and I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. wear a diaper. You know, I would like to use the bathroom <laughs> like on a normal way. So I'll wait for the director's cut. And so I was happy that some of that made it in there. All right. Good. Uh, happy days. Happy days. Now I want to watch the director's cut again. I, I was actually thinking about watching that again. I, I picked them up in 4K uh last year when they were on sale and i was like they're good movies they are good movies all right let's wrap this one up so jack the director's and- cut on blu-ray yeah it's the extended edition Dick, yeah the extended edition mm-hmm. yeah they have it on blu-ray they have it on 4k huh. and then digital huh okay did you they i mean i don't know if you pick up digital stuff but Voodoo usually has sales where they're pretty cheap. I think I've I've seen them for all three for $19.99. Well, I mean, I, I love the packaging of the DVD set stuff. They 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 look like books on the shelf. They are pretty yeah. cool. It, I think that's much nicer looking than, you know, the plastic Blu-ray packaging. But uh I don't know. I, I, I'm getting the itch here to watch watch it again now. Yeah, and you want to watch in the best possible quality. I, I, absolutely. Means I got to crash at Joe's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you guys should both come over. You would we love. We got to do like a full marathon. Get some good food and <laughs> just watch them all day. Crash at Joe's for like twelve hours. <laughs> Yeah, you can actually rent my place out and I'll go and enjoy myself doing other things. What? Well, I wouldn't want to spend 12 hours. Not even with me? Come on. I ain't that bad. Especially not even with you. (laughs) With the subtitles, I'll be singing to the songs. (laughs) It's Fedra's Lord of the Rings sing along. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely convinced me the opposite. All right, let's wrap this one up. Jack, can you tell them where they can find you? Uh, you can always find me at jackm at wdwnt.com. Hey, Fedra. Well, you can follow me on Instagram, or you can be my friend on Facebook, and you can email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other 
WDWNT podcast and like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. And with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 8. I did it pretty good. You got through it all right, yeah. (laughs) Season 8, episode 36. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all. Be good to each other. Good night, everyone.